Greetings, everybody. Thank you very much for tuning in for our third episode of CMAD, and that will be coming up very, very soon. But I just want to give a quick disclaimer. Due to trying to set up a new thing for our podcast room, uh, we did run into a bit of hiccup with uh, the gain levels of Harrison and our awesome guest, Mike's. So there is a slight echo in their voices in some areas of the podcast. We did everything we could to try and fix it, but we also did not want to restart because we really loved the energy of the episode, and we think you will too. So please sit back, relax, forgive our mishaps, and enjoy. CMAD, everybody, where we discuss our theories, expectations, and reviews on movies, video games, and all the jazz in between. Oh, is this me? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So for episode three, we're going to be talking about our top games of the decade by looking back all the way to the year 2010 and moving up from then. Um, So we're each going to have a couple honorable mentions and then we each have a list of our top three games of the decade. Um, but before we get into that, we have a very special guest to introduce. He's a longtime friend of both me and Harrison. He was our AP Gov teacher in high school. We now know him as Arthur Hearn, the sorcerer in our Dungeons and Dragons group. The one, the only, Mr. Jason Kennedy. Thank you for having welcome. me. Welcome. Thank you. Thank welcome, you. Welcome. Welcome. How's it feel? Feels good. Your first podcast. podcast. (laughs) This is our third podcast. (laughs) Yeah. So, like Harrison said, we're going to be going into our uh, favorite video games ever in the 2010s. And basically, we have three runner ups each and our top three favorites. So, we'll start with our guest. Okay. So, my my three runner up uh, first one would be uh, Lord of the Rings Shadow of War. I loved this game so much. This almost made my list. <laughs> yeah. Uh, great story. Loved the army building. Um, loved the fact that at any moment, any one of your commanders could come and stab you in the back. Oh, yeah. So you never do. <laughs> you uh, played Shadow War, right? Yeah, I never I never beat it. I played it probably okay, a yeah. third of the way through, but I, I really liked yeah. the combat. I, yeah. I didn't proceed with the story at all. I kind of just messed around and... Okay. So it works. <laughs> yeah, I was just wondering. So the reason this was on my runner-up is that it towards the end it got repetitive, and then the story at the end just felt very forced and flat. Really, I really like Shadow War. That was one of my favorites. I got the steel case. Did you get the steel case? I didn't get the steel case, but I did the. You got like, the little pin thing. The little, the little bomb yeah. Thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, what it, was it? You even called it the hammer? I guess hammer. Yeah. Yeah. I got one of those too. Yeah. Yeah, I really loved Shadow War. I really liked Italian. You said it felt forced at the end of the story? Yeah, like they were trying... Well, forced in the way like they're trying to force it into the actual story of Lord oh, of the Rings. Oh, okay, yeah. For, those um, of, or for the listeners who haven't actually played the game at all, what are you referring to? When uh, how they, they made Italian one of the Nazgul. And yeah. And 
I kind of liked the so incorporation was yeah. turned into a Nazgul. Yeah, yeah. The, end. the, the ring, ring corrupts him. I did. I liked the twist though with Celebrimbor turning on Talion. Yes, I did like that. Um, but do you mean you're talking about the very end? Yeah, the very end. Okay, and he like goes. He, it's like a gladiator scene where he's like running through the grass and goes yeah. to heaven with right. his family. Right. Yeah, he, he gets to go into the west. Like, right. Uh... Did you did you get the DLC for it? I did not with the um, there was a, the first DLC, which was like uh, Galadriel's light or something, right, right. which was like okay. You played as the elf girl. That's in yeah. the story. It was okay, but the one I really liked was the last one. The guy, the, where you're the guy from Gondor, right? Yeah, you're the yeah. Gondor captain with a bunch of Easterlings, and you like play with. The, and his cousin is like a leader of the Easterlings, and really cool uh, expansion. But yeah, yeah. It took a lot of thinking. This almost made my top three, but it was also my runner-ups too. So, yeah. very good choice. Very I like good. that one. Uh, what do you have in your... Uh, so, the first one I have listed as a runner-up is Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Oh, yes. For the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> also in my runner-ups. Uh, the only reason that I did not have this in one of my top three is because I don't think I've had enough time with it. To I'm really just... feel that it's impacted me in a way that it deserves that That's spot. Fair. Yeah, it's pretty um, new. I think it's definitely, in my opinion, objectively the best Smash Brothers, just from a a pure enjoyment standpoint. Yeah, um, because of just the sheer amount of characters you have, every map from almost every game. Right, you have every character returning, more characters on top of that. The combat is way faster than the last game um, and the game before it, especially. Right. Uh, which just makes it more exciting. I, I still think it's the ultimate party game. Yeah. Everyone is back. That was, like, such a huge deal when it first came everyone out. Here. Or everyone is here. All the characters were back. Um, I'd agree with you. It was in my runner-ups, too, but I, I kind of chose it also because of just, like the memory of like because like the other one came out in the 2010s too right the yeah. wii u one because like we've been playing super smash bros like our entire child entire childhood so yeah i would say nostalgia is a huge component of that game right nostalgia yeah huge. yeah, yeah. but um yeah that didn't I mean, make my top three either, with with games yeah. i mean that's that's part right. of it right did shadow of mordor come out in, yeah it did it came out in like 2004 or 11 2014. 2014, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that one was good, too. I put that one in my runner-ups, just <laughs> we don't have to talk about. Um, so, one of my runner-ups that's pretty high on the list was Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um, I really liked Assassin's Creed Odyssey because it was just kind of, like, differing from all the other ones in the, the past. One? No, it's the one after. It's Greece. Greece, okay. Yeah, the Egypt one came out two years before it. and it was okay but that was kind of like when they were turning it assassin's creed more into like an rpg and like adventure than like kind of what it was before it was just kind of yeah, dying out it was really a lot. yeah it's huge there's like a whole character tree now and the ship combat is just as good as black flag well and i remember like watching a huge part play it a little bit like i had played brotherhood right which was like the old style of Assassin's Creed right. games. Uh, and seeing you play this one, it, it seemed like a completely different game. It there is. magical creatures flying around. Yeah. Like everybody had like 
giant health bars and that you did like percentage damage to yeah it was yeah very rpg it's almost it's almost like they want to make a new series of games but they don't want to ditch the name assassin's creed because it's so popular but like it's really a rpg adventure game in greece it's not an assassin's creed game or like at least what they used to be they're so, just trying to like fudge ways to make it right to the story. Like, oh, you're, they're, they're still assassins. It has nothing to do. Like, he's not an assassin. You don't even have the hidden blade. The whole game. The wow. whole game. You don't have. There's characters with the hidden blade in the game, but Alexios or whichever one you choose never has it. He has like this. Wow. This he has. He carries the spear of Leonidas instead, who is his like great grandfather. Which is such a cool weapon, and it like kind of with the character tree, it like gives you like magical abilities and stuff like greek god abilities and you're basically this demigod it's an awesome concept and it's really cool but like it's not a sense creep but that, i don't i don't care it was really fun black flag <laughs> almost made my runner-up black flag made mine i made i put a bunch of my runner-ups we're not gonna talk about them but yeah if you liked black flag you would really enjoy odyssey okay it's turned up to 11 with like it's just the same kind isn't of game there naval combat what isn't there naval combat yes it's just it's the same exact mechanics as black flag except a little bit more and just bigger the world is massive like i spent over 130 hours in that game and i there's still a part of the map that's like grayed out that i haven't been to wow. it's a massive game and, and you can ride on a bowl right <laughs> yeah <they're>... <laughs> <laughs> yes there's in-store content you can buy (laughs) right yeah but i mean microtransactions aren't a bad thing in single-player games no we can make an entire podcast about that no yeah that can come later let's not talk about microtransactions (laughs) (laughs) we're supposed to be thinking fond memories right what is your right uh the next one this one was hard for me um picking between the two i went with far cry 3 um simply because uh nostalgia partly but also i just think far cry 3 has a better villain than far cry 4 i totally agree with you i would agree as well uh far cry 3 was kind of the first like really intense m-rated game that i played and but it was like Oh, it's so good. It's such a good experience. And that was like the first Far Cry I played too. And I really, I played Far Cry 4. I never played Far Cry 5. Did you? I've not played Far Cry 5. I heard they just like kind of... I have. You did? Yeah, it's okay. I enjoyed Far Cry Primal. Did you? A lot of people didn't. I I know, I'm in the minority. Yeah. But I I, I really enjoyed the setting. I mean, even though it was the map from Far Cry 4, just copied and pasted. Really? Oh, that's kind of cool. And I think they they, uh, shifted it, like rotated it like 90 degrees, (laughs) and then it was the same. They just used But I mean, uh, saber-toothed tigers, woolly mammoths. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Riding a saber-toothed tiger. The wow wow factor in that game makes up for a lot. I feel like, what's Far Cry without guns yeah. guns guns and more guns like and i, I like I like far cry 3 i liked the the crafting aspect yeah um but this reason this is on the runner-up list is because the the great villain left the game too early oh you killed the, him pretty uh, early on right and then he's kind of replaced by the the, the girl the over, right the overlord yeah yeah smuggler and then no you know, the real villain citra at the oh yeah yeah at the end did you 
there's like a live action trailer yes for far cry 3 with the same actor and he, right it's really good. he looks just like he him. looks like, like him i know <laughs> it's so cool well and even some of the like some of the early stuff that the villain was going to be like this huge like 250 pound walking mountain of a man <laughs> and then they brought in the, the, that voice actor right and then like oh they made him they made, they made him like, thick they a little guy like, yeah <laughs> he was really he was so. yeah he was kind of like the joker but like in a different sense a different, yeah not like chaotic I, but right determined yeah i don't know about, about one path he was like, nuts yeah yeah so. really good story too i yeah. really like that one I will say that what almost swayed me to Far Cry 4 was the the alternate beginning and not the, because Far Cry 3 has the alternate it has two two different right. endings but Far Cry 4 has two different beginnings. Right, yeah. And so that was kind of a it's pretty cool. But anyway, setting and all that kind of stuff just I had to go with Far Cry 3. All right, you're up. My second runner up is The Elder Scrolls Skyrim. <laughs> That's mine I know, also. <laughs> I know one of you has this on their list so i don't want to talk about it too much now but uh yeah it's it's hard to have played this game and not have it in your top 10 games of the decade yeah this was a game i sat on my computer and just like kind of looked at all the games i had listed and i was like i don't know what to put in this spot and i had like three different games and one of them was skyrim and like it's so hard like i wanted it on my top three really bad and i wish our lists were longer but like it's the first one I've listed on my runner-ups. We can talk but, more about it later, I think. Yeah, we'll more time yeah we can. Um, so I put The Witcher 3 as my third runner-up. I know somebody else also put that on their top three list, so we don't have to go into it too much. But yeah, um, We know you love it. List. That's yeah, all we need to know. I, yeah, I, honestly, I... With all of these runner-ups, all of them also deserve to be in my top three. So, like, it's it, honestly it was so hard to make this yeah, list. Same. But... They could be interchangeable for the most part. Yeah, I'd, I'd say my top. Actually, no. I, I'm pretty confident with my top three that they deserve to be there. But like, yeah, I started to go into my top three less of like my favorite games and more of like what was most influential to me. Yeah, is what same. I tried to go for. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we don't need to go into too much detail with that. All right, my yeah. final one on my uh, runner-up list would be Halo Reach. <laughs> Halo Reach, that's a great... That came out recently on Do you play games PC? on PC? No, I don't. They re-released it on PC. And so people they, are getting back into they it. They added it to a game that's on my list, so we don't need to go so, into that yet. Yeah, I mean, not to go into too much detail, but for me, the switch to me from computers to consoles was simply because I got so frustrated with I'd buy a game and I'd read the specs and I'm like, my uh-huh. computer can handle this. And I right. On my computer and my computer couldn't handle it. So that, so then I made the jump. Right. That's when I bought an Xbox. Well, cause mm. I think what they put on the box is like minimum. Right. Requirements. Right. So it never looks good. <laughs> yeah. 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 So. Speaking of Halo, we can go ahead and go into my third on my list. Cause I, this might be cheating. I put the master chief collection. Okay. On, for my number three, this came out. In November 11th, 2014, um, it sold uh, oh, are between... We, are we done with honorable mentions? Yeah, right? I mean, I, I had we like three more. <laughs> oh, we're going to keep talking about that? <laughs> we can. I thought we were only going to list three. So. You know, I was just going to mention passing. I, I didn't even... I just did two. 
Yeah, I have a bunch, so I wasn't going to talk about all of them. Is, do you have one more? Do you have another? I, I did three runners up, so Lee okay. is my last one. Okay, so we're good to go on. Uh, sure, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I did the Master Chief Collection. It sold between five or six million copies in its first year. It had kind of a slow start because there was some, like, technical difficulty stuff multiplayer-wise with it, but they've really grown with it, and now they've added Halo 3 ODST and halo reach to it so it's just like the ultimate bundle and they are releasing on pc halo reach currently on pc and then they're releasing the rest in chronological order on pc but that's cool i chose this only because that halo 3 was the first like action m-rated game that i played at all and i remember before like what were we like 12 when dad started letting us play m games no idea. I don't remember what the age was, but I remember just watching Harrison play Halo 3 constantly. I was like, I cannot wait to play this game. And I finally, obviously, went on to be able to play it. And it, I loved it so much. And then, obviously, Halo Reach after. And then, for like a couple years, I kind of went off the Halo train. But Master Chief Collection came out, and I got it. And I played through all of them, including the ones that were like before my time, like 1 and 2 which two ended up being my favorite Halo game. And it kind of just revived my love for Halo. And it's gave me super hype for the new Xbox and Halo Infinite coming out with it. So, yeah, that's why I chose the Master Chief Collection for my number three most influential game of the 2010s. How many copies did you say it sold? Between five or six million in the first year. Oh. And the my favorite parts about it is they upgraded all the graphics, all the games that they put on it. And they have the anniversary editions of Halo 1 and 2. So, And they have this function where you can click the, the start button on the Xbox. And it switches during the campaign. It switches between the original graphics and the new ones instantly. And so I thought it was a really cool function. And, like, they also added new cinematics to Halo 2, which are just gorgeous. Like, they look... Halo 2 Remastered looks just as good as the current Halo games. It's amazing. But I'd like to see that. I would, yeah, it's great. So, and it's such a... It's Love like thirty Halo. bucks right now. Oh wow! I and have an Xbox. Such a good bundle. Yeah, the best part about you Halo should, to me I is the music. The music is yeah, incredible. You can put. I told uh, I, Davis this the other day. You could put Halo music on top of literally anything, and it such makes a good, it seem so epic. It's the best. Um, me personally, it's the best shooter series, and it's also like the best shooter series with the best good, but not story too. Surprising. In my opinion, not which is why Reach made my list. Right, Reach was great. Um, the story was so different than the previous Halo. Yeah, right. I, I think that's because it's um, almost like they came up with the story first and the then built gameplay around it, rather than characters. A lot of modern shooters, right? I don't they, know. They focus they on the focus on the combat, which is good, but then they kind of just force in force the story. Right. story. Yeah. In fact, you know you're going to die. You right, your characters can die because you know Reach falls. And it's just so epic. Yeah, ever. Right. So cool. Oh, I love Halo. Should look into the new. Have you seen the anything so, on the new Series X or whatever? Have you seen that? I have. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've just their hammer headlines. I haven't done a whole lot of. Yeah, they announced it like a month ago now, a couple weeks ago, and it's basically just looks like a like a PC. It's really game. simple looking, but I kind of like it. And it's releasing the same day as Halo Infinite, so it's just kind of like also, a must-buy for me. Yeah. So yeah, 
Master Chief Collection. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've had a lot of moments in this episode three. where like I cool. have to catch uh, myself. My number three, something like that, and I'll like, fumble my, my words. Can you just edit <clears> those out? Uh, this game came out in March okay. of 2017, uh, alongside the release of the Switch itself. Right. And as of 2019, it sold over 16 million copies. Right. Which makes it the best-selling I think, Zelda game, and I think it's um, up there in like the numbers of the best-selling Switch games. Um, this is on your list, isn't it? Yes. Okay, so it's... <laughs> we can talk about it more uh, later because it's right. higher on your list. But uh, this game, the hype I had for this game was more than I've. That's had. one of the reasons why I put it on my list. Also, was just the the lead up to it was it was incredible. It had. We can talk about it later. There's a lot of stuff I like to say about it, but yeah. If I'm not mistaken, I think I read this or heard this somewhere that they actually sold more copies of that game than they did the Switch when it, they did. When it came out. Because it yeah, also came out for the yeah, Wii U. It's on Wii U as well. Yeah. yeah. I have the numbers here, but we can get into that later. I don't want to steal your thunder. <laughs> so for me, with my top three, what I did is I basically said if I could only play three games, if I were to sit down and be limited, these were the, these would be the three right. I would play. And so my number three is the Elder Scrolls. Oh man, so good! So, I want to. You know, I remember. I have a lot of nostalgia for this game because I remember the hype around the release date being eleven, eleven, eleven. And the other thing too is that I actually purchased my number two game a month before I purchased Skyrim, <laughs> and so I made myself wait until I finished my number two. Before oh really? Skyrim, and so having to. Wait, wait is everyone, everyone was talking about how amazing right is. and you know to be honest it's still amazing it is i will still sit down from time to time i haven't done it in a while yet three words who's that's why bethesda keeps making more versions of it and selling it over and over and over again we'll still buy it and um that's why they need to give up on fallout and make an actual elder scrolls game that's what everyone wants but and even like, like even, even when I go back and play, and play I still find myself going the same route that I did right. originally, and yeah, um, you know, just fond memories of fighting that first frost troll. troll. <laughs> yeah. I have a, a cardboard sword and paper armor, and, right? And the first dragon, yes, versus the end where you can just wipe out dragons right. left and right. Yes. Yeah, and that, if, it would, if I would have one critique. You know, other than all the glitches when it first came out. <laughs> and how many times it this is kind of what it's known for. Yeah, what, it, what I would say is that by the end, when you're fighting the the baddie at the end, you almost it was too easy. Yeah, yeah, you do kind of snowball towards the end a little bit, for sure. So. What is his name? The dragon. Which one? The the the, the bad the baddie, one. Um, Zaitan. No, that's Guild Wars. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I only remember Parthenax. I'm on it. Uh, Parthenax. Oh, I love Parthenax. Yeah. What's your race of choice? Nord. Nord. Yeah. Because I have the thing where if I'm a, if I'm in that kind of setting, I want to make it as close to a Alduin. 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 Yes. Make it close to like a Conan the Barbarian. Right. Type character like can. It's like Nord fits that. Right. Place. My go-to yeah. was a Wood Elf the first time I played through it. <laughs> yeah. If you... I, I based it off of their special feature of the race. And for the Wood Elf, you could uh, call animals to your aid <laughs> like once per day. Uh, which I, thought I was, was never an elf. I, 
I was gonna say the other thing that, that I really liked about Skyrim versus like Elder Scrolls Oblivion was that they, they ditched the leveling system and instead went with perks. Oblivion was before my time. I didn't even play Oblivion. Oh, wow. you, if you played Oblivion, Oblivion, Oblivion after Skyrim, you would be astounded. How good yeah, I it was on like Xbox Game Pass, so I got it for free. So I downloaded it and played. For like five minutes, I was like, "This is so yeah, gross yeah. looking." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that the one that's known for everybody has like potato faces? <laughs> yeah, everybody looks and the, the same. And... The um, the dialogue every time you talk to somebody, it would like zoom in on their face. <laughs> yeah, right, <it> would. <laughs> but, I mean, you. You, have to, you have to give them credit for getting Patrick Stewart to do the voice of the Emperor. Oh, oh, I didn't know that. Getting, yeah. Oh, that's cool. And so, but the, but the other impressive thing about Skyrim was selling three, almost three and a half million copies its first two days. Dang. Really? Yeah. So it was a. Uh, wow. Big. That's it's pretty good is. then. It and it's, you know, still has, the, back, the fact it has the staying power that it does is. Right. So yeah. Why it made my top three. Yeah. I would always choose. When <laughs> I chose the Khajiit for one, and right when he said Fusro Da, I immediately restarted the game because they say it's so weird. And they're like, <laughs> Yeah. So I, the first one I chose a red guard, which is not very popular. People don't choose red, but I thought it looked cool. So I did a red guard. And then I've also, I've played through, not the whole thing, but I've played like multiple races. I played the orc and stuff and I tried them all out. But really, like the Nord, the red guard, and what was the other human? The Imperial? Imperial. Yeah, I like the Imperial a lot too, but yeah. I could talk about Skyrim forever. Right. And my, my, my thing, too, would just for fun, like, I don't know how much you would, I would always become a werewolf, too. Oh, the, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Companions. And my, my thing would always be to just walking along and would talk to everybody. And if people were nice to me, I would let them go. But if they were mean, I would run to the bushes and turn into a werewolf. And then, and then did you, yeah, did you play the Dawn Guard? Yes. Oh, so fun. I, that was a good one. I played through. A version of it with the werewolf playing as a werewolf, and then I also played through it as a vampire lord. Did you ever play as a vampire lord? I haven't done vampire lord yet. I've got it on my PlayStation. Oh yeah, <laughs> I could never side with the vampires. They were just I, so slimy. I did because I kind of wanted to do like when I played through it a second time, I'd kind of want to be like an evil character. So I played like an evil side with the vampires, but it was I thought the werewolf. They added a whole character tree for the werewolf when Dawn Guard came out. So. And I always found that to be the most fun. Yeah. But yeah. Werewolves are just cool. Yeah. By the end of that game's, I guess, not development cycle, but when they stop releasing DLCs, the amount of content in that game was pretty insane. <laughs> yeah. I think I remember reading something that Bethesda put out when they when they released um, the second DLC, not Dawnguard, but Dragonborn. Or there was oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The cultists. And there was like yeah, a whole another world. There was the one where you could like adopt children and right you know, in the friend. house <laughs> yeah <laughs> no thanks i remember I but, but i remember house. i remember the developer saying that at that point there was still one west that no one had found yet really and i hadn't i, I went back and i tried to find really like, yeah. yeah they said there was still like one do you know what it was i don't remember what okay. it was i tried to look for it today but i couldn't i couldn't track it down uh, okay Interesting. I didn't know that. One thing that someone hadn't yet. I thought that that was pretty good. The story was pretty good. The yeah, the story was the, good. It was like another Dragonborn 
that you fight, like the main yeah. antagonist. And he was like, oh, I'll, I'll kill. I would have killed Alduin myself if I was here. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they still need to work on their dialogue. Yeah. Honestly, though, no, that's games. part of the charm a little yeah, bit. Of Bethesda, Bethesda, yeah. They're, they're always a little um, bit glitchy. Well, in fact, if you kill people, their bodies just stay where they lay. I mean, you could go right. days later and come back. And... <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, look. You ever play Fallout games? Yes. So, did you play the new one that got like a ton of crap? No, Fallout seventy six. Yeah. I think Fallout three was the last one that I played. There, I played through Outer Worlds, which was this. So, like these people that originally worked with Bethesda on Fallout and stuff, they left and they went and made their their studio under Xbox now, and they made Outer Worlds, which is like a better Fallout game than Fallout is. And you should try it out; it's really good. Okay. But um. That made it on my runner-ups too. Out of my oh, okay. fifty runner-ups, but yeah. So Skarms are number three. That's my number three. Okay. Have we have all done our number threes. Uh, I think yeah, we did. Okay, that. cool. Yeah. Who wants to go next with number two? I'll do my number two. Okay. Um. So my number two is Bloodborne. Bloodborne. Uh, this was released in March of 2015, an exclusive to the PS4. Uh, Old Hunters DLC was the only DLC released for this game, and that was later that year. Um, and as of 2017, so I'm sure it's been a decent amount more since then, it has sold 3 million copies. Um, I, when thinking about my list, I thought that games that deserved to be in the top three were games that you can think back on and you remember everything about your life surrounding when you started playing that game like if you can remember remember the exact moment a game hooked you or you started playing game and everything around it in detail then it's obviously made an impact on you and so that obviously was true for breath of the wild um and is also true for bloodborne so uh, my friend josh turner uh, from high school introduced me to this and it was on halloween night <laughs> um, and it was just the most enjoyable thing in the world. It's only single player, so we would take turns running through the first level trying to see who could get the farthest. And if you're not f familiar with the, they're called Soulsborne games, Dark Souls, Bloodborne. Um, I think it's from software that makes them. Um, and they're essentially incredibly difficult <laughs> um, third-person combat style games where you're essentially one man against an army and you proceed through a level um there's not much healing if you die you restart at the beginning of the level it's known for yeah. and because of that these games have a really big cult following um and by the time i beat the first level the streets of yarnum i was super hooked um and so me and two of my other friends would get on multiple nights a week and join each other's lobbies and help each other out with beating bosses there sometimes we would spend three or four hours a night going into each other's lobbies because you can't all do it at once and the progression counts for everybody <laughs> one at a time so we would try and be three different times for each of us but it was super fun i never played bloodborne yeah it, it has sort of like a 
a, uh, a gothic yeah like a gothic uh european style to it um as far as technology goes the most you have is like a flint lock pistol or blunderbuss or something so it's yeah it's that kind of vibe to it uh, but yeah really creepy spooky <laughs> the combat is extremely fast-paced and unlike dark souls where there's a lot of defensive options bloodborne really rewards being super aggressive um so yeah so like compared to like Sekiro, how does it hold it's up super similar um like what's better about it just the setting or i like the setting better yeah. um Sekiro's based on feudal japan which i like that setting but um bloodborne just had so much character every single enemy right just it so well into the world there weren't many copy pasted enemies like i see a lot of in sekiro uh, um i thought the boss fights were more dynamic um interesting and who knows it may have just been like the time of my life i was in <laughs> that game hooked me so yeah was it was it similar to that game that came out where you could choose to be a, a viking a knight or a samurai oh for honor for honor uh, similar, uh, combat similar to that so, so for honor has like a three stance combat system this one there weren't any stances or anything but it was sort of similar and then it was a third person like was okay. melee well, for honor was the combat. mechanics were built for like player against player mm -hmm. right well like in bloodborne it's not competitive you're like no right you don't play competitively right you play and fight other players but it's no that's not the main game okay. right it's just to survive did you play for honor I liked Four Honor a lot. It was all right. I liked the it like it looked gorgeous. Yes, it looked but, yeah, it looked very good. Okay, cool. Um, I'm really excited to hear what your second one is now that you kind of <laughs> teased at it. Okay, I'll give you my second one again. Uh, my second one is Batman: Arkham City. Oh man, I think is that the second one? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I played that one a lot. Released on October 18th, 2011. Really? When did the first one come out? The first one came out in 2009. Oh my gosh. Arkham, Arkham Asylum came out like 11 years ago, roughly. Yeah, and it, uh, Arkham Dang. Asylum still holds up. But the reason I picked Arkham City was not only do I have a hilarious story behind it, um, but. Um, it, was it was actually, actually the fact that it, the, the map was five times larger than Arkham Asylum. Right. And also, also an interesting little fact was that it, it actually was tied for the highest rated game of 2011. Really? With, yeah. with what? Um, you know? I, I should have wrote down. <laughs> 2011. I wonder. Well, it might be Skyrim because Skyrim came out the same year. Probably Skyrim. I mean, it came out like almost a month apart. Skyrim? So this was the one I. Yeah, Skyrim yeah. 2011. Hey. So, so I waited until I was finished with Arkham City before I put before I played Skyrim. And so the reason the reason about Arkham City, I mean, aside from you know that it took everything that was great about Arkham Asylum and made it better, and bigger, and bigger. Um, the fact that it it almost forced you to use your gadgets more in combat was one of the things that I that I really liked. Um, the Riddler quests, of course. Oh yeah, they're, they're, they're so those. aggravating, but yet so rewarding at the same time. I thought the movement around the city was yeah, yeah it was very cool. Yeah, you could catapult yeah. yourself with your, with your. 
All right, so, so correct. That was our bulldog. If you <laughs> Max is snoring. Right. Correct me if I'm wrong, but is that the game where in the end the Joker dies? Yes. Okay. That was that dies. was intense. Oh, the ending. Very. Yeah. yeah. It's a really good story. Yeah. Um, and getting to play as Catwoman. Um, and the DLC for this one too, I really liked with playing. I don't think. I don't think I played and, the DLC. Yeah, DLC. Couldn't you? Who was the red guy? It's like the dome helmet. Oh, um, had like batons. I think that was the red. Talking about Red Hood. Yeah, Red Hood. Yeah, that, he was the, he was the villain in, in Arkham Knight. Okay. Really, I didn't play. In my opinion, it got overly repetitive. Right. I found that in Arkham City, when you ended the story and once you finished all the Riddler stuff, like there wasn't really anything left to do, so. But, but this, this is this was uh, one, one of the few games, games that I actually got 100% completion. Oh, did you? <laughs> All right, so cool. the reason why this one will always be etched in my memory is that um, I was actually due to, to, to spend a week in the Ukraine the day after it came out. Really? And so um, that, the, so that Monday... The, the, the 17th, 17th, I got a call, call from GameStop saying, hey, we're doing a midnight release party for everybody that pre-purchased the game. game. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I pre-purchased He's like, yeah, just bring your receipt. And, you know, so I'm like, oh, sweet. I'll go get the game at midnight. And I can stay up super late on a plane in the morning. So, you know, and I'm flying overseas, so it's all good. So I show up at like 11.50, and there's just a couple of people standing in line. And, and so, so I, you know, get, get in line, we're just talking, talking you know, how excited we are. <laughs> and the door opens, we hear this guy yell, where's, where's the hat? And we look, <laughs> this guy who was attempting to cosplay as Two-Face, but all he did was, was he basically shaved half of his head, and it looked like, literally, like he took, like, a purple marker and colored up his <laughs> And then he looked like, he looked like, like all of us in line, he was, like, walking up to us, and, and he had a coin, he goes, he goes, heads you stay, tails I get your place in line. What's this toy? We're like, that's so uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, what he was that, is that he started like, more and more aggressive. He was blowing him up. He's like, hey, are you with me? No. I just want my game. Like, and it's people that just so like, him kind of fighting with one guy in line. And so, eventually, the GameStop people were like getting nervous that he was going to start something. And so, yeah. Or that he worked at GameStop. No, he was just the guy that like showed up. Thinking like everybody else was going to be dressed up. I remember like literally. Like getting my game and then running to my car so he wouldn't talk to me anymore. And then, thinking of that is so funny. I'm playing till like five in the morning and then playing two hours later. What were you doing? Wow. Um, I actually, the the school I was at the time was thinking about partnering with another private Christian school that was over in the Ukraine. And okay. so I headmaster to go and just oh you weren't at fellowship then can't think of a time you weren't at fellowship so so that's what we went and checked out and actually we actually led a little conference for the the parents and the educators at that school so nice it's kind of kind of cool to speak english and then doing it real slow (laughs) 
That's so cool. Three weeks later, the Skyrim was coming out. That, that I was gonna have to wait. Man, so, that was a good year. It was a good year for gaming. So, yeah, Batman Arkham City number two. Um, okay, so you already said yours, right? Your number two. Yeah, mine was All right. So my number two was Guild Wars two. And if you're not familiar with Guild Wars, it's an MMORPG that came out in 2012. And it's basically like this massive role-playing game with like, what is it, like five different races? Six? I think it's... Five, I think. Yeah, it's got like the uh, Norn, the Sovari, the Asura, the Humans, and the Char. So that's five. Yeah, so um, it sold two million copies in two weeks, which is pretty amazing especially for an mmo um it became free to play in 2015 anyone can play it it got extremely good reviews all throughout um i really enjoyed this game a lot because the first guild wars i don't know when it came out but that was the first kind of real when we were probably so young when that came out it was kind of the real first game i played except for smash brothers i played the first guild wars maybe when i was like eight yeah i remember one night i couldn't sleep i was like seven and or six and i couldn't sleep and i heard something downstairs and i walked downstairs and saw dad sitting at his computer and it was like the middle of the night and he was playing guild wars and i watched him he was like you want to watch and i watched him play for like an hour and i was like this is the coolest game ever because dad used to do conference calls with people overseas right and you'd play all night long and so he would just play guild wars play guild wars <laughs> and, and so he, he got us into it and he was really good at it too and so yeah so guild wars 2 came out obviously that was a instant buy for us um for nostalgia but like it was also an awesome game we spent so many hours how many hours do you think we spent playing that game i mean for, for people that don't know it's like your typical fantasy it's in them, yeah, like Lord of the Rings Online. You have like the fighters, the tanks, the casters, the healers, your roles, and you go as parties and adventure and stuff. Um, it's really it's fun. Really fun when you have a group. And it's free to play. I also have one of my runner-ups, actually. Yeah. To this day, I still occasionally go back to that game. Because they're always, it's an MMO, they're always adding brand new stuff every other month or something. And yeah, so... I have a lot of fond memories playing that game. We, I, what was that? What was the summer that me, you, and Drew played Guild Wars two the whole summer, <laughs> like every day? <laughs> yeah, we we started over the characters and leveled up to like a hundred and over. And like, yeah. So, so was was Guild Wars a competitor with Warcraft then? As far as Is it a competitor? Warcraft came out before the first guild wars i believe right and it was always on the scene but it could never compete with world warcraft i think the second one did a lot of really innovative things like it had active world quests where like people could just randomly join things happening in the world which wasn't really the case with world of warcraft so i I think it got a, a lot of attention for that um, and it still holds up. I mean, it's still played by a lot of people. I know it's a great looking game too. Warcraft's been dying for the past five or so right. years, but right? But it's a similar, similar type game. Yeah, really right. Similar. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's what I chose. Guild Wars Two. To this day, I love it. 
very influential to my entire childhood. So we're we back. We're back to you for your number one, right? Yeah, I guess so. number one game. Our number one. Number one. <laughs> the Witcher Three. And it actually just came out in October of this year, or last year now, uh, 2019 for the Switch. Right. Uh, it had two DLC come out, Hearts of Stone and Blood and Wine, both of which are, by a lot of people, considered to be great games in their own right. Blood and Wine was amazing. Um, and it had 20 million copies sold by June 2019. Wow. So... Um, where do I begin with The Witcher? I was starting my senior year of high school when I picked it up. I didn't get it on release. Um, I got it a, a few months after, um, and or I guess over a year after, yeah. Um, and it was mind-blowing how addicted I got. <laughs> um, <laughs> Very addictive. There are game. very few games in my life that I have been invested in from a storyline standpoint, like as much as I have been with a TV show or a movie. Like the 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 story of this game is incredible. The characters, the voice acting, the whole choice system, and how it affects the end game. All of it was really uh, engrossing to me. Um, so yeah, I, I would I would it was one of those games that I would think about like throughout the day. <laughs> I wonder what was gonna happen when I played it later. And it was it was just exciting. I got so attached to all the characters. Uh, the the soundtrack is incredible. It's it sort is, of like yeah. North Norse Scandinavian folky lots of chanting and chanting. string instruments. Yeah. Really strong. Um, the combat is the only area that I'm I don't think is incredible I think it's good though so it, it doesn't take anything away by any means but um, oh man yeah. and visually it looks yeah it's great yeah what, what I, I liked about Witcher 3, 3 was especially speaking, speaking to the combat was that you, you had you had to think about what you were going to do before you right. engaged I love the manual of the Witcher right, right. Self, it's all about preparation. You had to prepare the potions and figure out what you wanted to equip. Right. And right. right. I kind of like that. I also, I mean, another thing is the side quests. Um, They're actually compelling. Yeah, the yeah. side quests aren't, oh, go fetch this and I'll pay you money. It's like the side quests. Well, some of them are. Some of them are. But yeah. um, <laughs> the, the Witcher's version of those is, oh, go fight this. Go, go through this mystery <laughs> for a while, find all these clues, piece it together, and then have this really cool fight with a monster, and then I'll pay you some money. Yeah. All these yeah. people disappeared in the mine. Go find out what yeah, happened. Yeah, and <laughs> almost always at the end of a side quest, there would be a choice that you'd have to make, and it would right. make a big difference. 
and sometimes stuff you did in the side quests would affect the main storyline right. later. Like I remember there's um this story this one where this girl gets mauled by a, a griffin really early on in the story and you can either choose to save her knowing that the potion might cause permanent damage to her or you right. can just let her die and yeah, that's very early yeah be at peace um and if you choose to save her which a lot of people consider to be the good option she ends up having a horrible life later on <laughs> and you see her later on dealing with this stuff so like what is stereotypically the right decision is often not the case. Not the case. The All right. Yes. I remember, I don't know if you guys did this one, but I remember one side quest and I was so into it. And I was in, there's this one that were like, there was this old lady outside of her house and she was scared to go into her house, but she wanted to fetch her frying pan. Yes. Do you guys remember this oh, one? Yes, the frying pan quest. Yeah. <laughs> this was one of the ones that I was like, thinking about when it was just like go do something you really just go in get the frying pan and then bring it out funny yeah, really <laughs> and she's funny. like oh thank you and it goes beow, beow, like the witcher theme <laughs> like right after it's like level up but that's like one yeah, of my favorite memories the from the witcher mind siri becomes like, oh yeah you get so into it by the end when you finally find her it's, like being able to play as her too yeah playing her cool. through school yeah um yeah, I guess back to voice acting, like the person who voiced Geralt, I think, is just perfectly encapsulated right. character. Um, you have other big names like Charles Dance, who voices Emperor Amir, who he's Tywin Lannister from Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, and character wise, um, what did you guys choose from the romantic? Oh. <laughs> I ended up with Siri, or not Siri, no, um, the redhead. Um, Triss. Triss. Uh, I chose Yennefer. I ended up with neither of them <laughs> because uh, you, if you play both sides, you end up. Can you end up with the, who's the, who's the blonde mage? What's her name? The really, the white haired one? I don't remember. Oh, the one that you, I'm talking about? The, the one that tricks you. Can you yeah. end up with her? No. Yeah. Okay, because yeah. I remember killing her. <laughs> and I was, yeah. So no, it's just... Yeah, I thought... I ended up kind of gearing towards Yennefer just because I feel like... I mean, she's kind of, like, really mean, but also, like... Not very nice. Her... No, she's not. I feel like Geralt and Yennefer's relationship are more deeply bound. Like, they have a lot more of a history together, so I feel like... I don't know. I felt more comfortable. My problem was that you meet Triss first and she's really charming she's nice unlike yennefer well, you see Obviously, you see yennefer like, okay, first needs to be with her and then you meet yennefer and by the end of the game you realize that like they're supposed to be together at least right opinion. and because of that i, <laughs> I screwed it up <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of the things that, that struck my mind when you're mentioning the side quest is that a lot of times with games side quests you're like oh i can you can start one, but then you're like, oh, I can come back and finish it later. Mm -hmm. I remember a number of times playing Witcher 3, like, just out of nowhere, it would say, you failed this quest. Oh, because you didn't do it in time. Yeah. yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of the side quests had just had so much charm to them. Like, I remember there was one where these people are like, oh, there's this troll, like, living in the woods, like, outside of our place, messing with people. And you go and you find out he's just a little... 
like nice troll. <laughs> you expect to go have this sick monster fight, and he's just this goofy troll. I'm pretty sure he's into like rhymes <laughs> or something. And you end up, you can either kill him or you can become friends with him, and he'll help you later on. Yeah, yeah. I, I that's think cool. Helping him, I always love twists like that. Yeah, it's so, and there's the game is full of them, and the game is long. It's yeah. almost like a novel kind yeah. of. I remember when uh, Vesemir dies. I thought around that time that was at the end of the game, and then you realize it's just like the beginning of the second half of the game. Right. There's still so much more. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. The Witcher Three. Very good also, choice. Talk about the awards it got. Game of the Year. Oh yeah, no. Multiple places. Right. Didn't you, wasn't there a time we were playing D and D and you had quit The Witcher because you said it was too yes, much horse riding? That's right. That's right. Is that, <laughs> that you and Mason? I was talking. It wasn't Mason. It was. Uh, I can't remember when I, when I first started because I remember I think maybe I it was Mason talking about it in class. Oh, and then so I picked it up, it up and I remember <laughs> playing it for a while and it was it was kind of before it's kind of you know early on in most games where you. Right. I've been to enough places to open up fast travel. Right. So nice to remember spending it. felt like hours. <laughs> hours to get somewhere. Yeah. yeah. I was like, it was definitely like a horse riding simulator. Roach. <laughs> Come on, Roach. Because you'd be, you'd be riding and then some, you would have a random encounter with this monster that was way too powerful. Right. Oh, wait, I have to go all the way back and start riding Roach again. <laughs> so I put it down for a while, but then I'm glad I came back to it. Right. Was, was great, great game, great really game. good game. All right, we can go to you. Okay, okay. Your number favorite. one again, yeah, just so much nostalgia attached to this, this. Um, and it. I'm, I'm glad, glad it came out when it did, but that would be Red Dead Redemption. One. 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 Okay. The first one. The first one. Interesting choice. Um, yeah. As much as I enjoyed playing the second one, for me, the second one was it had so much to do. It was almost too overwhelming. Mm. There was so much going on. Right. And almost, almost to the point of frustration with like, do I really have to get off my horse and brush it to make it this? Yeah. Got a little tedious. Yeah. Yeah. May. May of. May of 2010, and um, oh man, really early. As of two years ago, it had sold 15 million copies. Wow! And so um, I, I keep I keep hoping beyond hope that, that they would remaster version for the PS4 because I would right. I'd purchase it in a heartbeat. I remember. I don't know how much they made money wise, but Red Dead Redemption Two. Opening weekend when it dropped, it made like seven hundred and fifty million dollars, and like, which was a shy under GTA, their other right, Rockstar right, game. Right. I don't know. How, I wonder how much Red Dead had made the first Red Dead. There, there was a lot of hype surrounding. Yeah, and I remember uh, again back to the story about my old school is that you know for the senior trip cruises. I remember we got back from the cruise and then a bunch of seniors had played a lot of call of duty with 
online. <laughs> said goodbye. Hey, it was a great trip. And then, you know, see you tomorrow for graduation. And then all of us showed up at GameStop. <laughs> That's cool. And then uh, the multiplayer, not not so much. Not great. It seemed to be the same case with the second one, too. And uh, just, just the story. Um, it's great. And the, the mechanics, like the, the wanted mechanic, I really like. Mm-hmm. The honor system I liked was that if you know if you had you know not been the greatest person in that town and if you needed help from that town you weren't going to get right help from that town um i actually really liked the the dlc the undead nightmare that came oh out. i loved that it was oh it was so fun especially tracking down the big <laughs> such a cool twist yeah, yeah it, was, it, was a, it was a great twist also rockstar games in general just their physics engine just makes everything yeah. so awesome <laughs> so hilarious like i there's so many times playing both those both Red Dead's where I just burst out laughing at like flying off a horse oh, or something yeah. or like hitting was, a sign. My go-to was the lasso someone and drag them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I love those well, games. Was, like speaking for like for Red Dead Two about you know the physics. Just I think the first night I played it, it was just you know riding my horse and the, the horse gets spooked by some pheasants. Yeah. Those games were, they did such, especially the second one, they just did such a good job with like the realism. It, like it did get a bit tedious, like you were saying, but like in the beginning of Red Dead 2, you would walk out and you're literally just a guy in the forest with a gun. And like that's, it felt like that dangerous. And like you could, and like even like eating, eating more made you fatter or skinnier. Yeah. I thought the stories like John Marston really, the connections like being a prequel. I thought it was right. I thought they made a lot of good connections to the first one too. Yeah. Well, and one, one thing I liked about especially the story with the first one is that after you finish it, and you you know you think you still you still that you know that okay why am I doing these side quests? You know you more class with your family intact, but then there's still that sense of dread, right? Knowing that. You know, something's gonna something's, happen. Something's, something's gonna, gonna happen. happen. You know, like the games where you go out fighting. I, mean, I, I do like. <laughs> right. That's why I love Halo Reach. Yeah. That, you know that. Because I, I went back. There's, there's gotta be a way I survive this. this. And like, that you get revenge though. Because, um, oh, it's great. The way that ends too. Yeah. They do that with both of the games. Like the kind of the tragedy and then the comeback kind of thing. I. Remember, especially in the first one, was just that feeling of being my heart just like ripped out of my chest when they were just blasting through them at the end. Oh man, yeah, really good though. Good good game. game. And again, like like I said, if I if I I learned tonight tonight that they were doing a remastered version, right? So you like the first one better than the second one? I do. Like, just in in all, or like story, or like I think I think I mean if. Like, like I, I would think if they did a remastered remaster version, it would probably look as good right. as two. Yeah. So, like, like I said, I think, I think, I think a lot of the micromanaging in two just kind of turned me off right. a little bit. Hmm. So, like, again, like, what's my horse? What do you need to brush? Cool. <laughs> also, talk about so a game funny. that has a lot of horse riding. <laughs> oh, yeah. For yeah. hours. So uh, much. Yeah. All right, Davis, what's your so number So good. My number one influential game of the 2010s was Legend of Zelda. Oh, yeah. 
breath of the wild. It's in our intro at the very end. Um, it came out March 3rd. I, you said some of this earlier. Um, 2017. Um, I have never seen a game with as good reviews as Breath of the Wild. 10 out of 10s everywhere. Like, I think, I don't think I saw a rating under 9.7 or something for Breath of the Wild. Nines? I don't, yeah, like, I, like, IGN, GameSpot, all of them just 10s everywhere. And I was so, so hyped for this game. Like, I just remember, to this day, they have the best trailer of any game ever of all time. If you remember that one trailer. Yeah. So this was in my top three. It was number three. Right. Um, And it easily, I think it could have been switched around to number two or even one. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that trailer that you're talking about. Yes. I I mentioned the hype of this game earlier. I I felt almost emotional. Like I was going to tear up. Like it was just such a good trailer. (laughs) It got me so excited. And also on the, eve of like a new system coming out it being right. the launch title like it, it was really yeah exciting. so i have some numbers with that um in the first month it came out in that march early march in march it sold 3.84 million copies and they sold 2.7 million of nintendo switches so they sold more of the game than the console itself and i think the reason why the switch had such a big jump which later led to like the fastest selling console ever was because of breath of the wild releasing the same exact day i think oh sure it needed Um, nintendo had been on life support at the time they had no games it was a zelda machine is what i heard somebody from ign call it it was literally just a zelda because of the wii u flopped they had right. been losing money every year. Yeah, Nintendo was bleeding. Yeah, Nintendo, <laughs> Nintendo was about to go under. And they, so, yeah, in April of 2018, so a year and a month later, Nintendo had sold 17.79 million and their profit jumped 500% from the previous 12 months because of the Nintendo Switch. And I do think. That has a lot to do with Breath of the Wild. I, well, not as many people would have bought the I'm Switch if it wasn't I think for Breath, Breath of the Wild. Wild was originally developed for the Wii U. It was. And then it was adapted to the Switch to make as a yeah, launch title. They released they something that was going to hit hard. They released the wanted. first trailer and the first look of Breath of the Wild in 2014. Yeah. Or 2015. Long time in the so. Yeah, so I really love Breath of the Wild also because it ha- I had a lot of rem- remembrance of the Wind Waker. The Wind Waker was my previous favorite Zelda game, and I just saw a lot of similarities between the two. And I, the world is just so incredible. And like watching the first trailers of him talking about like those mountains over there, you can go. To, there's nothing that you like see in this world that you can't go to, and it was so true. And the, all played? the different regions. I've I've watched people play it. Like, there were a few times where, like, hey, can we set up the Switch in your room during lunch? I'm like, yeah, sure, go ahead. <laughs> Do you not have a Switch? You guys no, have I don't a Switch? No, I don't have a Switch. So, the, as far as consoles go, Nintendo, I haven't done Nintendo since the Super Nintendo. Right. Back in. I, mean, I played some, like, I played Golden, like, the Nintendo 64. 
Okay. Didn't own one, but played quite a bit on that. But yeah, the Switch. Maybe something to invest in. Right. Zelda, and with the new Breath of the Wild coming out. I don't even know what that's going to be like, but... Yeah, so it's just, it's got me really excited. And also, I have a good story about this also related to GameStop. Uh, when it was first being released on March 3rd, I remember it was right after school. I think it was a Thursday. And me and Harrison and James Austin were going straight to GameStop right after school to sit there and wait because all the GameStops are all sold out. And But there was one that had like, or there's two because you went to a separate one. Was on such demand that there were, all the game stops had like two or three that you could buy. Order it, you could, you had to essentially enter a lottery and they'd give you a right. ticket, right, for the switch. And there were only like I think between five and ten tickets per GameStop, and we only have two within. Right. Well, like the one us. we went to together originally, they said, "Oh, we can't because they're in such high demand. We can't give more than one switch to a." F- one family so they saw that we were brothers and they didn't they wouldn't they would only give us one but we obviously we both want our own so he said that GameStop, and i went to another GameStop with james austin and they didn't have the ticket system you just had to be there in the store first and you had to stay there till midnight so so me and james sat in the GameStop floor from 4.30 4.30 to midnight the entire day waiting for the Switch. Yeah, meanwhile, I, I was the last one. They, they were giving out the tickets, and I was the last one. There were seven tickets, and I got the number seven. Right. Um, and I didn't want a colored one. I wanted the gray one, so I switched to somebody. But I was able to just go home. Yeah. And I remember bringing him Davis' food. <laughs> he had to bring his food, yeah. <laughs> At GameStop. That's funny because I think I remember the, the day it came out – in one, one of my classes, classes I think it was actually Garrett Depew. Oh like, yeah, showed up with like he uh-huh. he bought one, and everybody's like, "How'd you get that?" He's like, "I just went to Target." Yeah, nobody. That's what they did. They did go to Target. Yeah, like literally the like, next they had a day. Bunch of them at Target, so I just bought one. Yeah, like I remember that him and a bunch of people in their in your grade, like Alex Carpenter. Yeah, and then Alex Carpenter, I think went. they went at like six a.m. the next morning and got like got all got switches. But yeah, me and James sat there all day and we got – they started – the people who pre-ordered them started coming in and they started like letting them in front of us like at 1158 or something right before they're about to hand them out. And we were the last – I think there was one person behind us and we were the last oh. – out of the last three people. And I thought we had sat there and waited for like for no reason i thought they were gonna run out and then me and james and this guy behind us got the last three switches and it was like the best moment of my life (laughs) (laughs) we got those and i thought it was so cool at the time the switch was such a new idea and stuff and like having it there and i had breath of the wild and i was like this is gonna be my life for the next whatever however many months really set the tone for the switch Right. Because it was so positively received, people expected. And then since then, Nintendo's just been knocking it out of the park. Oh, every yeah. Major release, so. Mario Odyssey. When you, have, when you have that kind of smash suddenly infused into your corporation. Right. Yeah. It's kind of hard to hit, get a hit out when you don't have the money to it. Right. Pay people to it's, so, it's so funny the comeback they made with the Wii U. Yeah. Actually, Nintendo's <laughs> always been into gimmicks. Right, and I think they kind of they dropped their focus on 
gimmicky stuff and kind of just went like, okay, what would an actual person that plays games a lot want? Right. <laughs> they they gave us this. They didn't. Although they're still job. doing gimmicks with the Ring Fit Adventure, which I love. <laughs> <laughs> we have it downstairs. We were playing it earlier today. It's really fun. But as far as the game itself, what would you say about Breath of the Wild? Oh, jeez. I don't even know where to start with Breath of the Wild. First of all, it's such a different Zelda game, if you're familiar with Zelda games. It's the first one where you put on different clothes. And it's the first one where you have different types of weapons instead of just, like, the Master yeah. Sword and the Shield. You you know, you have full customization of your look and your the colors. And it's like an RPG, but in Zelda. And it's a beautiful combination. It works so well. And this, And it's the first Zelda game with voice acting. With yeah. real people talking, and they did an excellent job with that. Um, Link still doesn't really talk; we just hear "hiya, hiya." <laughs> but, um, but they give an explanation for why. Yeah, they do give an explanation. It's actually he's he's so stoic, and he needs to maintain this air of composure because right. he's a royal knight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's cool. And the it was just really the finding the memories was my favorite part of breath of the wild the memories with zelda together the story right and finding out what had happened a hundred years ago you know before he woke up and all the memories with zelda were so like you felt like her best friend (laughs) like it was so great i think the feel you get in that game of like you start out and it's quiet right there's just chirping the rustling of the grass you can literally go anywhere i don't think any game captures what a free roam game means right. more than this game. But you're left in the ruins of this old world. Right. It's just quiet and you just explore it and you slowly piece together information right. and the story starts to build and gain momentum. It's um, so beautiful. Like in the beginning, you get the little twiddle of a piano right. here and there. Um, I've seen videos of people speeding up sound over a period of 10 minutes and you actually get the full Zelt Legend of Zelda theme, but it's, oh, it's, it's cool. all broken and disjointed. And at the end, in the climax, when you fight Ganon, it gets a full orchestral score for right. the first time and it just makes it all the more epic. And I've never felt more accomplishment in a game than killing Ganon in Breath of the Wild. It was such a good... Well, like, the best part is, like, you get a taste of everything you've accomplished because you go to all these... The four different uh, guardian... What are they called? The big guys? The Divine Beasts, yeah. And at the end, like, technically, you can choose to go straight to Ganon and fight him in the very beginning if you're capable. Obviously, it'd be really hard. You don't even have to go to all the um, Divine Beasts. But if you do, at the end, all of them bring their power together and shoot these lasers into the castle and it takes out half of Ganon's health for you. And it's just like, oh, that was... Like, it felt good to, like, you feel some accomplishment of that. by doing that, too. Right. It, it's stupid not to experience everything because Breath of the Wild has so much to offer. and Like, you have to go to every corner of the world to experience everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a super well-done game. They're using the same engine and putting all of that time and energy that they would be spending rebuilding a, an engine and new assets and stuff into like just more story for the second one right it'd be awesome <laughs> yeah i'm really excited about it so that's my most influential game the time has an hour and 10 minutes so you pretty wanna, good i want to hear the, some of your other honorable mentions sure 
uh, let's see. I have Assassin's Creed Brotherhood on here. That was a big one for me. I it almost made my list, but not my top three because, and the reason why is that was another game that I watched you play that I really want to play that dad wouldn't let me because I wasn't old enough or whatever. And I remember you and we went on vacation with the Acocks with Tad. And I remember you and Tad talking about it the whole vi- Do you remember that? Which game is this? Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. Oh, oh yeah. And you guys talked about it the whole vacation. I knew nothing about it and I finally got to play it and it was just like old news by then. But <laughs> I had played through Brotherhood and that made me play through all the Assassin's Creeds, which then later became my, one of my favorite series. And yeah, so that was one. Was do you have any more of yours? Yeah, I I have Overwatch. Oh, okay. Have either of you played Overwatch? I've not really played it. Um, it's a Blizzard game. It's just a really good first-person team-based shooter. Um, I like it in particular just because it has such dynamic characters. Like instead of loadouts or classes, you have like heroes. Um, and at this point, I think they're up into like. The yeah, they keep, they keep releasing more characters for it. Yeah, yeah but there's a second one coming out. They all have backstories that tie in with the world. They're all super, super unique. I mean, they range from a cyborg ninja who is enemies with his gang boss brother to a hamster. Yeah, I was about to say the hamster. Be intelligent and rolls around in a giant hamster. So, yeah, tons of character, really fast, fluid combat, and gorgeous visually i mean talk that's probably one of the most polished games i've ever seen like every fine detail is is perfect um and then my other one was metal gear solid 5 the phantom pain uh i started playing that that was on it's on game pass for free and i started playing it but i never really got into um, it much it's wacky i still don't understand the story or what's going on at all <laughs> I just like the gameplay. I don't yeah. think it's possible to understand any Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, they're, they're, they're so weird. There's like four different snakes, and some of them are clones. Some of them are dads of the other ones. It's just weird. But... <laughs> uh, yeah, the gameplay is really good. Yeah. If you like, like stealth, like creeping around and taking guys out one by one, that's a really great game for that. Um did you have another one that I already mentioned? Assassin's Creed Black Flag made my runners up. But another one for me would be uh, Lego Marvel Superheroes. Oh, I Hunter Melrose introduced me to that game, and I loved it. And then I bought it, and it was really fun. Yeah, that one was a lot of fun. <laughs> the first one, right? The yeah, the first the first one where you start out like start out with uh, Iron Man and Hulk fighting Sandman. Right. It was like. The first open world Marvel game, right? It's <laughs> Lego. So much to do. It was really cool. Lego games are great. Yeah. So much to do. Where some for me, some like the Lego Indiana Jones was pretty disappointing. Yeah, so I, was a little, I was a little nervous about Lego Marvel superheroes, but it it certainly it was cool. Delivered. Yeah. Well, cool. is there anything else? I have Smash Bros. on mine. I have Just Cause. Did you ever play any of the Just Cause games? Yes. Which Do you know which ones? Uh, I played two and three. Right, okay, yeah. I played two and three also. And Just Cause 2 was something me and Harrison played really early. Um, 
We were like 12, I think, 13. I will love that game. Just Cause 3, I played through completely. I did all the DLCs. I did everything. I It was so crazy. And it would, the uh, frame rate would drop so much <laughs> with all the giant freighters and planes exploding. I, I remember, the biggest thing I remember about that game, other than just the crazy action, was there was always a debate whether it was the title of the game was Just Cause. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, cause that was just or Just Cause. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just because. Probably a case can be made for both. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, why not? But it, just the uh, the grappler mechanic is really cool and something I've always really liked. Just Cause 4, though, was terrible. Did you ever play uh, Just Cause 4? I don't think I ever played that one. I, I think the only reason I played 3 was because it was a free download. I got it for Christmas, and I st- was really excited for it because I loved Just Cause 3, and it was awful. I hated it. Everything was different about it. It was really weird. Like the, you know, in Just Cause 3, how you had like the, you'd like win the, uh, you'd like conquer the different regions until you got a whole continent or whatever. Right, right. You couldn't do that. In Just Cause 4, it had a completely different mechanic. I don't even remember much of how it worked, but it was just not as fun. But, but yeah. I think that's about it, right? Question. Oh, okay. Geralt, <laughs> Link. And John Marston fought each other. Combat. <laughs> <laughs> Who would win? Like uh, all three of them are there. Yeah. Oh wow. Can we put in Master Chief too? <laughs> or is no, that two? Only the number one games get it. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh wow. Oh man, Link. Maybe that should John be John Marston. <laughs> Link, John Marston, and Geralt. I mean, John Marston's got guns. And he's also really good with them with the dead eye. Dead eye. (laughs) Link. Link's pretty good shot with a bow, though. Depends on who's playing. I don't know. Is it? I guess I would have to choose Geralt, right? With the magic, the signs. Yeah, he's got his. Maybe I I think I would actually pick Link. (laughs) Either. Yeah. I mean, he's got the master sword. Yeah, I mean. What? It's just a sword. Also, yeah. I mean, Harold is a great sword master, but I mean, Link, Link is, is a beast with a sword. Link is a monster. I don't know. I my votes with Geralt. What about you? You know, I would think I would think I would I would probably lean towards Geralt. I'm just thinking of uh, what's the sign with the shield? Just sheer, just oh. sheer scrappiness. I think Geralt. Yeah, he's Geralt's vicious. Like he might be a little too vanilla right. with his fighting style. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Geralt would probably do something at the end to pull it out. Yeah, cool. All right. Well, Mr. Jason Kennedy. Thank you so much for Thank being you for inviting me on our podcast. I've really enjoyed this episode. Yeah. I like if you ever do uh, your favorite games of all time. Oh Ooh. yeah, we'll come back for that at some point. So I can go all the way back. Would that be a completely different list for you? It would change. Okay, none of them would be the same. Um, I would I would think Red Dead would probably still be on the list, but uh, Batman and Skyrim. It could not be a list of three if we're doing of all time. Because oh, that's yeah. just. I mentioned to Davis earlier there was one that came out in 2008 that might even go to number one. Oh, well, I guess we'll have to stay tuned. Stay tuned, everybody. Um, 
for our next episode, we are going to be kind of switching gears and we're going to bring a guest star in and they are going to bring their own topic. It's a new segment that we're going to do every four episodes or every fourth episode. So you guys stay tuned for that and go play The Witcher. Go play The Witcher, Breath of the Wild. (laughs) Right. Rockstar, if you're listening, release a uh, updated version. (laughs) Please. And and a cool DLC for Red Dead 2, like they did for Red Dead 1. I was expecting something like that. Yeah, that would be cool. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll catch you next time. We'll see you.